What's up? What's going on? You're back. Hiatus over. Yes, it is. Feels done. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we are back, and uh, that's Killian. So, in case you guys didn't know who that was, that was Killian. But yeah, we're back. Um, fucking hiatus over. Uh, a couple cool shows that we went to. Yeah. During hiatus. Was it a couple? It was two. We went to was Electric it? Wizard. Oh, yeah. I, forgot. I totally forgot about that. And one. on 420, we seen Sakuzu and Shit Life. Yeah. That was awesome. And um, I just want to say that the uh, lemon poppy seed muffin that Chris's wife gave me mm. was very strong. I didn't eat any of that. <laughs> I totally did at home. I just remembered that that brewery was dog friendly and they had a dog walking around. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pet the dog. He walked up to me and I went to go switch my beers in my other hand and I totally just dropped it and I, I probably got beer all over him. Yeah, that was, that was epic. Um, it was uh, early in the night. Yeah, I wasn't even close to drunk. That was like my first beer. It was. It, was it just had, it just slipped out of my hand. Yeah, just fucking beer salad everywhere. I felt really bad because the dog seemed really scared. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chris was like, "You're cut off, man." But uh, it was a okay. Let's just get down to it. The Electric Wizard show. Yeah. Was uh pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, they were good. They were really good. They played a, a plethora of old stuff and a couple of new tracks. But, I mean, they, they the sound was really good. And the opening band was actually not that bad. Yeah, better opening choice than what Sleep Pope chose. I, I agree. Sub Rosa's really bad. But Oryx, I believe that's what they were called, opened for Electric Wizard. And they were pretty heavy. I already forgot what their name was, so I don't know. You might Oryx, be right. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool seeing Electric Wizard in Detroit. Uh, we ran into Tim and Dave. Yeah, that was cool. Randomly saw people wearing like a Sophia Cargery shirt. Yeah, that too. And they knew like everybody I knew. <laughs> yep, yep. We almost hung out with those people, but we didn't. Yeah, it was weird. They were like from Ohio and shit. They're from Dayton, wearing a Sapphire Carter shirt, and I'm like, okay, if you're wearing that shirt, you have to know everybody that we know. Yeah. And they did. They're like, oh, you know Kirby from Girls? I'm like, yeah, he lives like a block away. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, he lives like a mile away from me, man. Right. It's that Midwest grind scene, man. Then I'm pretty certain, I was kind of buzzed up because it was like only serving like 25-ounce cans. Yep. But I think they thought I was probably trying to like hit on them. Because I was like, what are you guys doing afterwards? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that at all. We we were just kind of complimenting the shirt and <laughs> just like, hey, man, it's cool that you know the same people we do. Well, my whole thing was like, if you guys are in town for the night. You guys hanging out? Yeah, you might not know your way around. You might not know what the fuck's going on. Kirby gave them like the four one one and all the like the bars to go to. Yep. And they're like, oh, we're just gonna do that and then go back to our Airbnb. And I'm like, all right, we're heading back. Yeah, but it was a good show, and um, big ups on getting those tickets when you did. I'm actually surprised. I thought it was going to sell out. Yeah, I thought it would, too. 
But I think that uh, it was on a Tuesday that might have detoured some people away. And, well, hopefully this doom resurgence bullshit ends because I'm a huge fan of the genre. And uh, maybe we're thinning out the uh, bandwagon cats. I don't know. There was, like, that chick who smelled like... Like a goddamn fucking, I don't even know. You know who I'm talking about? No. She was her and her fucking boyfriend were next to her. She sounded like a goddamn fucking like, oh yeah, Cosmo yeah. perfume ad. Yeah, and like looked like she definitely did not belong there and mm. want to be there. That and was, she was annoying. Drunk as shit and like annoying as fuck. Yeah, I think her boyfriend kind of realized that. Yeah, she was like hitting me in the face with her hair. And it was annoying me. Yeah. That was fucking bad. But other other than that... Yeah, she was like, looked like one of those chicks who, like, would, like, stick their nose up at a bar that didn't have, like, a $15 Cosmopolitan. Yeah. But yeah. somehow she's at, like, an Electric Wizard show. Yeah. Just kind of headbanging, like, she knows what's going on. God, but she... I, I was so glad when, like, her boyfriend was like, you, let's get you out of here. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Fuck. Well, you... <laughs> you ain't kidding. But the 420 show was fucking awesome. Yeah. Minus the two bands. Yeah, the two touring bands were not good. Really. No, one was one was from here. Fell Ruin was from here. See, that's how much I don't care about them. I know. I thought they were a touring band. No, they're from <laughs> here. The other band was from, like, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were from, like, Montreal. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Shit life fucking ruled. They played some new shit on uh, Rain and Bud. And uh, Sukuzu, always good. Yeah, Sukuzu's fucking great. Yeah, they're fucking, they shred every time we see them. So, uh, yeah, that was a good show, too. Uh, ran into a lot of good friends. Seen a lot of good people. And uh, yeah. enjoyed a night of fucking thrashing music, man. But other than that, during this hiatus, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I finished refinancing my house. That, that was the thing you did. Adult stuff. Adulting, yeah. Got my motorcycle back. I was just getting ready to bring that up, yeah. So that's good to go. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. They kind of hooked me up with a bunch of like free work, too. Which is cool. It's always cool. Yeah. So you're back on the road on two wheels. Yeah, yeah. I just... Do a couple more things to it. They said there was a couple things that uh, I should uh, still do, which I'll do. But I just don't want to feel like digging into it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just stacking boxes on pallets and uh, hanging out with my cats. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, I'm so pumped that you got your bike back on the fucking road, man. Yeah. It was like crunch time. Like the weather's getting nice and so I want to do it like sooner than like more sooner than later cuz I didn't get to ride like at all last year. No, you didn't. And burning turfs going on again this year. I think English I might try riding. I might try riding out to it. Yeah. English is playing. I think someone else is playing too. I think. Well, yeah. I can't remember. Anguish is worth the price of admission alone, dude. Oh, yeah. It'd be a fun time. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely awesome. 
uh, what else you been doing, man? Anything, anything uh, out of the ordinary? Uh, nothing really. Job hunting, that yeah. type of thing. Uh, nothing crazy though. Just hanging out here. Yeah, being so, boring. Yeah, me too. Been a lot of boring. Been a shit ton of boring. Yeah, me too. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I've been watching some movies and jamming some music and shit, man. Hanging out with Bob, hanging out with you. Uh, went to a couple shows, missed a couple shows, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's just uh, dive right into this shit, man. What the fuck have you been watching? Watching-wise, uh, I honestly can't remember anything I really put on. Um, been trying to catch fucking The Last Drive-In. Yeah, like last weekly, night was every... a Henry portrait of a serial killer, and... Yeah, because I missed it last night. I can't remember what the other one was, but, yeah. They said it was going to be one that was... The, the the hints that he gave early in the week was one that was, like, filmed in fucking whatever of Canada, and one that was on the, um, the fucking... I'm kind of buzzed. The the list from back in the day. Oh, the uh, video nasty. The video nasty list. So I was trying to guess on what it was, and I was kind of hoping he was going to do Cannibal Holocaust. Oh yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I wanted to because I love people bitching about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to happen though. I think that's a little too extreme for viewing audiences. I mean, he's on Shutter, and most of the movies they pick are already on Shutter. Right. And Cannibal Holocaust is on Shudder. Well, I mean... So it's all there. They just didn't do it. I just don't see him just doing so, it. Just so, like, Sunday morning, I can wake up with my coffee. <laughs> yeah. And just start <laughs> scrolling the comments in, like, the the group of everybody, like, pissing and moaning about Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, my God. Those people bitch and moan about everything. Dude, every time they play, every time Last Drive-In does a movie, within the next day, I'll scroll through the list, and it's everybody bitching about the movies. And it's like, dude. And people have brought it up. They're like, the people who bitch obviously do not remember, or they fucking use Rose fucking lenses to remember Monster Vision, because he didn't always play fucking the best movies on Monster Vision. Oh, he no played way. what TNT got the rights to, and a lot of the times it was fucking shit. Yeah. Like you, just, to, you deal with it. Yeah, you had to weave wheat into gold. Yeah, you just re, you just know that not all they're not all going to be winners, kid. And you just fucking stick around to laugh at the fucking movie and just listen to the shit he says in between. Yeah, like, right. But people are like, I gotta tell everybody that I do not like this movie. Go fuck yourself. Who cares? Yeah, I know. They bitch about everything. Fucked up, man. It's like. It's it's annoying and slash funny the people that bitch about all the stuff, but then it's starting to get annoying the people who bitch about the people bitching about the stuff. It's like everybody just needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know uh, Henry was one of them. That's awesome. I don't know what the other one was. Yeah, hey, I haven't checked it out to see if they played. Uh, I don't have Shutter, but you you keep me updated every week as to what they play. But. Yeah, I got um, fucking kind of wasted with my bo- my ex-boss last night, <laughs> which kind of turns awkward every once in a while. Yeah. I got to ignore certain <laughs> remarks. Right. I got home at like 12.30 and had to be up for work at like 6. Mm. 
And I just remember I was upstairs. I'm like, yeah, I should. Eat, I need to eat because I didn't eat at all. And I just grabbed like half a brick of cheese and like a box of Triscuits. <laughs> and I'm just sitting in bed. <laughs> awesome. Taking a bite out of the brick of cheese and like shoving a Triscuit in my mouth. <laughs> like so a, fucking. I need food in my stomach. That's the American way, man. Uh, but yeah, I I've watched a few movies. Uh, nothing that's gonna blow your skirt up, but. Uh, Sleepaway Camp 2, yeah. I watched that about four times because I put a movie in my VCR and then I don't take it out and I just keep watching the same movie over and over again. Dude, I think I told you that was like one of my earlier memories from when I think it was in like sixth or seventh grade. I had like a sleepover at my buddy's house for his birthday and his mom let us run like any movie we wanted and that was one of them we grabbed and it was because... To a kid, you look at that cover, and it's got, like, Jason's mask, Freddy's glove, fucking chainsaw sticking out of the bag. And you're like, yeah. this has fucking everything in yeah. it. Yeah, it's got to be sweet. Yeah, I watched that about four or five times. And then the last, I want to say two days, I've about four times, I've watched Slumber Party Massacre 3 from 1990. Um, and then I got bored, and I dug out The Fly. With uh, Jeff Goldblum and Gene yeah, Davis, Cronenberg, man. Yeah, I, I really fucking dig that movie. It's pretty cool. It was uh, great. I haven't seen it in so long. I I just was like, fuck it, man. I popped it in and watched it, and I was like, man, this is just as good as I remember it being. That so, movie's up there with like the thing of like how remakes should be done. Like they took a movie and made it completely different. Yeah, which kind of goes into I'm not getting into this tangent again, but it goes into my argument of. You should only remake movies that were like from like the fifties and back or sixties and back because that's when like making movies were fucking completely different than what they were in like the eighties to today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the practical effects. Yeah, over so CGI. It made sense making remaking those movies, and The Fly is a great example. Of that's a fucking solid remake. Oh, it's so good, dude! It's so fucking good, and even even you know the dialogue and everything in that movie is really good. Like when mm-hmm. he starts fucking freaking out and. Realizing that he's fucking mutating and shit, it's 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 really good, man. I watched that, and then today I watched uh, Friday the Thirteenth, The New Blood, and uh, New Year's Evil. Oh yeah. So that's all I've been watching, man. Did you go on through that stack that I gave you? Uh, I did watch uh, Girl in Room Two A, which I believe I touched on the last episode, and then I did watch Blade of the Ripper, but I need to hook up my DVD player. So I can watch the DVDs that you let me borrow, which would be Blade in the Dark, Four Flies on Gray Velvet, and The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. 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 Yeah. Well, uh, Blade in the Dark's VHS. No. Yes. No, Blade of the Ripper. Both of them. I guarantee you, if I go, I put when I go home, money on it. When I go home, I will give you my house. That Blade in the Dark is on VHS. I can show you the picture I took to remind myself of the movies I loaned you. You took a picture of the movies that you loaned me. I forget when I gave people movies. Like, the person who has my house of the devil, I don't know who that is anymore. And then this guy, Billy, I used to work with, has my stage fright. And I forgot forever that he had it until he said, hey, dude, I I think I, I have your movie. 
So I now I take pictures so I just so I remember because I loan movies out and I just let them stay out for a long ass time. So I took a picture just so I remembered exactly what I gave you. And also I think I gave you those after we drank all night. Yes. So I don't fucking know. But yes. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull that picture up. I'm Blade in the Dark will be on DVD and I will own your house. So that's cool. Own your house. Uh, boom. Late in video, Blade in the Dark. Yeah, yeah. See, you don't own my house. You're right, man. Fuck. Dude, I knew. I know what I own and I know what I gave you. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I have not. Why, why haven't I watched it yet? I thought I had. Uh, I don't know, but you really should. Yeah, no shit. Um, I guess that's what I'm doing tomorrow. So, doing the Jalo thing, you know, including the movie that we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's what I've been watching. Uh, I've been really into this Jalo thing, man. It's like. It's a good thing to get into. Yeah, it's it's really. Uh, There's a deep, deep catalog of shit to get into. Fucking from your straightforward ones, to the more just fucking like weird and out there ones. Yeah, the murder mystery aspect of it really paved the way for American film. Oh yeah, paved the way for the fucking slasher. Yeah. Um, there's so much of there's so many aspects from like the '80s slashers that came from certain giallos. I, I agree, and uh, just Italian film in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like horror film, not yeah. not like the uh, dramas and the <laughs> spaghetti westerns and all that stuff. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing this Jalo thing, man. Uh, peppering in classics and shit like the movies I just named off, just to fill time or whatever. Because I don't own uh, one of those digital converters, so I don't have TV or cable yeah. or internet. I have VHS tapes and DVDs. I know, man. You're living back. You're living pre-94. <laughs> That's how I roll, <laughs> man. I'm like, I'm going to watch The Fly tonight. <laughs> but uh, but you should really like just start like researching and looking up Giallo films. I think I'm going to. Find to. Them because there's like... I'm horrible lately with like remembering movies and fucking all that shit. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a bunch out there that you definitely need to check out. Yeah, there's like there's a ton of them, man. You know what I mean? Just like from from where I stand now, just looking at, like from a bird's eye view, there's like a ton of fucking jalos that came out. Yeah, dude, you get the ones that are like just straightforward, like murder mystery. You get the ones that are like really way more fucking sleazy with some gore you get the ones that are just more gore heavy handed you get the ones that are like the equivalent just like a cheap B slasher where they're just fucking like cheap low budget acting but the kills are there like Mm -hmm. you get the oddball fucking shit where like what the fuck is going on like just like for the most part like 80 slashers giallos have that same fucking range of like you can pick and choose like Right. There's, like, a, an aspect to it. Like, all right, this is, like, the straightforward higher-end fucking top-tier, like, shit. And, like, this shit's super fucking sleazy. And they're like, yeah, this shit's just... It's all about fucking kills. Yeah, like, just the kills are there. Yeah. Um, another movie that I, I didn't even write down, um, but I did watch the other day, was Deep Red, 
But I have the fucking cut version. Yeah, the VHS, right? Yeah, yeah. the slipcase, the yeah. HBO slipcase, and I, I love that movie. I really fucking love Deep Red, the Hatchet Murders. Uh, I, I just wish I had the fucking clamshell or the DVD, which I think that's going to be my next, you know, uh, sought after movie because I, I I love that movie, and I got to have the gore intact. It's got to be there. Yeah. You need that. I mean, the storyline's there, the the killer scores there, but I need the gore. I'm all for 100 percent, like just getting an uncut, even if it's like, oh, they really didn't cut any of the gore, or they just cut out like dialogue and whatever. Like, but still, I'd rather have the fully uncut fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's it's a must. Um, and w- when they start cutting out like minutes instead of seconds, yeah, that was like the that was a big thing with home video in like the 80s and shit like yeah you were getting these movies where you could own them rent them whatever but they were getting chopped the fuck up and it was before the whole like unrated it was before director's cuts it was just like yeah mm-hmm. this is the release you're getting and it's all chopped to shit dude here in the United States yeah well I mean it's happened it happened overseas too well it did but movies. it just seemed like it was more rampant here no, yeah. I mean, it was bad here. Over there, it was mainly they were cutting out the gore, but they leaving, like, the, like... Dialogue and the... Well, leaving dialogue, leaving the fucking, like, like hardcore nudity and hardcore fucking, like, yeah sexual sleaze aspects to it. Because over there, they don't give two shits about that. Yeah. But here, here we care about both. They're, yeah. they're less... They're, they less care about the gore. They'll cut some of that out, but they're going to cut out, like, a shit ton of the nudity and anything that's fucking, like, crazy. Yeah. So you get like a fucking movie that just yeah all I mean all around it fucking sucked yeah yeah I got a couple of cut movies I I threw an unsane the other day just to compare it to uh, Tenebra <laughs> I'm like fuck this that's like throwing in fucking creepers the compared to fucking uh phenomena phenomena yeah it's rough city man it's like it's just like pieces of the movie are missing. You know, you don't get the same flow and effect that you do with an uncut version. And that's why, like, I just pick, like, <clears throat> collect VHS, but still pick up, like, DVDs and shit, and I'm starting to even buy, like, more Blu-rays now is because you're finally able to get it totally uncut, and you know that what the companies are releasing is totally uncut because there's a point where if they were to release anything not that way, it's not going to fucking sell. Like yeah, it's the whole thing. Like it's exactly how it should be released, the way it should have been released initially. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Here's the full intact movie," which is cool, which is awesome because it's it's nice to have the VHS and the um, the old DVDs with the shitty covers mm-hmm. just to own the movie. But in modern time, it's like it's it's about that time that we release an uncut version of this movie. <clears throat> so you get to see the director's vision and what the final product was. You know yeah. What I mean? So uh, that that's really cool. I need to get into you know Blu-ray and stuff like that, man. I think that'd be cool. I'm not even that into it. It's just I happen to have a Blu-ray player <clears throat> now, and I'll just pick shit up if I come across it. Well, yeah. If it's uncut, though, you know, it, you gotta, you know, and then there's like little extras and shit that come with newer releases and shit which is really cool I know the pieces came with like the puzzle 
Yeah, I think they had a couple different versions of that where you could get ones that came with just like pieces of the puzzle and then ones that came with, I think, the entire puzzle. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, something like, like there that. There were a couple different versions you can get of that. Yeah, and it came with like a full fold out poster and all kinds of cool shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but yeah. Fucking, what have you been jamming, dude? Only got a couple bands I wrote down. I've been listening to a shit ton more, but I just wrote down a couple that I remember. Uh, this band, Sex Dwarf. Listen to their uh, 2013 EP, Full of Aska. They're from uh, one of the Nordic countries, and I'm just going to leave it at that since I've talked to Johnny, and he said, Yeah, you always get countries wrong when you tell bands. You'll say one's from Sweden when they're from Norway. Whatever. So I'm just going to leave it at one of the Nordic countries. They're in one of those fucking countries. But just raw fucking noisy as shit punk. Love it. Sweet. Like, it's my goddamn jam daily. Love these guys. <laughs> they played the precinct like a handful of years ago. Cool. The old precinct. Fucking amazing. Can't recommend them enough. I think they're right now they're on tour with uh, Paranoid. Oh, sick. Um, and then, uh, let's see... Uh, Frigora, their self-titled EP from 95, uh, from Japan. Just raw fucking D-beat, kind of have a uh, Mob 47 vibe for anybody who knows those guys, which is just another fucking uh, heavy-hitting fucking D-beat band from back in the day. Frigora's fucking top, goddamn notch. Um, just amazing. Fuck yeah. One of my favorites. And then... Put them on here for shits and gigs since I sent them to you and checked them out. Riot City. Yeah. Just found out about these guys. Uh, albums uh, Burning the Night, and it's basically just old 80s fucking heavy metal, man. Yeah. It has like a fucking priest vibe to it to an extent. Um, there's something else in there. Like, what do you think of these guys? I liked them. I, I thought it was good. It's. Uh... It's just got that vibe to it. You know, I didn't really listen to the full album, but I listened to, like, the first 15 minutes of the album on lunch. <clears throat> I loved it. It yeah. was awesome. And it's popped up a few times, and I thought about clicking on it just to see, you know. Dude, I go through this guy's channel a lot. Um, it's called uh, NWOTHM. Yeah, New Wave, New Wave of, of Traditional, traditional heavy, heavy Metal. Yeah. He posts fucking great shit. I mean, some of it's like, eh. But oh, yeah. overall, like, there's some fucking really solid fucking bands in there that are just, like, newer, like, new album-style bands. Yeah. Newer, just, like... Um, there's power metal. Yeah, power metal bands, fucking... And you could find some real fucking gems in there. Yeah, I found, that, like, Eternal Champion through that guy and fucking... Um, uh, what was that one band? Um, Overdrive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found Overdrive and a couple other... Yeah, but you gotta sift through some iffy bands, you know, that are just kind of like, eh. Yeah. But you, you can find some gems in there, for sure. Some shit that, like, I know that I would have <clears throat> never have stumbled across them. Like, they weren't gonna pop up anywhere else. No. And it's like, holy shit. Do you subscribe to that page, or...? No, I just every once in a while go and scroll through. And when I go on YouTube at this point now, and, like, the similar videos or related videos or whatever, there's always something from his channel that's popping up on my fucking feed. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, hell yeah. Riot City, man. And I'm always, like, bouncing between punk and fucking metal. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of go back and forth with it. Right on. Um, yeah, I do. Not much. I don't have much. 
You don't have much? No. Just a few. Uh, I've been on a candle mass kick. Old candle mass, like the first two records. Oh, yeah. Nightfall and... Uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Nightfall, mostly. Uh, Epicus, Numicus, Metal, Metallicus. Mm. That one. Um, I've been jamming Beast in the Field, dude. Fucking... Uh, Colt's Blood. Uh, a band called Crypt Lurker. That fucking rules. Um, Dope Lord. Uh, threw on Slab Dragger and Meadows split from 2012. That was pretty fucking cool. They split with Meadow? Not Dead Meadow. You're thinking of Dead Meadow. No, maybe I am thinking of Dead Meadow. They're just called Meadows. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe they're different, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dead Meadow's like a really chill fucking like yeah that's what I think I was thinking of Dead Meadows so I'm like why the fuck did those two do a split yeah no it's just some <laughs> band called Meadows I just happened to stumble across the split that they did with Slabdragger and I, I'm a huge fan of Slabdragger so I had that and uh, Moss some Moss in there uh, I've been hanging out with Bob every Friday for the last c- couple weeks so we've been doing like uh, Old Anvil and um, Old St. Vitus and Old Rush but uh, as far as like anything recent, um, the new Leech Feast came out last week. It's called Village Creep. It's an EP, two songs. Fucking awesome. And uh, Moloch, mm. uh, which people might know them. They did a split with uh, Meth Drinker. Yeah. They have uh, some new stuff out that's really cool. But that's all I've been jamming, dude. Um, not too much. Just doing the damn thing, working. I throw on what whatever, whenever, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, dude. But, um, yeah. I've also been going through, okay, remember you said old candle mess. I've also been fucking spinning shit ton of fucking King Diamond still. Which is awesome. I think I brought that up last episode, and I'm still yeah. putting it on. Right. We, we, we jammed some. Uh, I actually went through Merciful Fate, too, and then I went back into fucking King Diamond. Yeah. And it's all good stuff. Controversial opinion, I'm pretty sure it's going to be. Mm. But, and granted, I came up with this opinion not like, hey, I think I have this opinion. Let's listen to it and find out if I'm right. I came up to it after the fact, so I might be wrong. And if I am, I'll correct myself later on. I don't give a shit. I think King Diamond had better riffs than Merciful Fate. Yeah, see, that's where we're going to differ. Like, more like crunching like melodic type riffs catchy riffs I think they had more I'll just say they had more catchy riffs than Merciful Fate had absolutely it was uh, yeah because like King Diamond was like almost like a, they were a storytelling band yes it was more Merciful theatrical. Fate was not they were a fucking just straight up metal band yeah I feel like King Diamond just had like the better more solid fucking riffs I just man Merciful Fate riffs are fucking great but uh, you know I'll no they are dude Merciful Fate's amazing <clears throat> Obviously, I'll take both all day. I just I think the the merciful fate tips a little bit more in my favor than King Diamond, but that might change because I've been really doing this candle mass fucking the theatrics, <laughs> man. You know, it's like kind of adds to the whole sound and the whole feel of the record when there's like storytelling and. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Imagery and shit. 
That's what I love about fucking King Diamond, man. Like his whole fucking albums, especially all the early shit. It's like a god a story from front to back. Yeah. With like little like old time radio sound clips telling a story in between some of them where it's like I know. That's just great. Yeah. It's class act, dude. I I love it and uh I I need to dip more into that for sure. I want Acid Witch to write an album like that. Yeah. Like, Abigail's a story front to back. Them's a story front to back. I want Acid Wish to write an album that, like, tells a story beginning to end front to back. That'd be cool. Like, one long opus. They need to get on that shit. Yeah. We'll tell them next time we see them. Tell them. Tell them, Dave. Dave, I'm, get on that shit. I'm Tim, get, fuck. Son of a... Absolutely. But, um... This week... This week... My friend, we are talking about the 1987 Jalo film. You would agree? Mm-hmm. Opera. 100%. Dario Argento's opera. Yes. And this movie is fucking great, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently popped it in about a week ago, and I fell asleep twice. <laughs> But it was at the end of the night. You know, it was like bedtime. And I just reached for a movie. But I'm like... thinking to myself, like... Has this movie always been this good? Yeah. Like... Yeah. It has. What the fuck? Why have I always... It's it's like... I'm always reaching for the heavy hitters in the Argento and the Fulci catalog. I'm always like, you know, I want to watch. But like... This movie... Low key is probably one of my favorite Argento films for many reasons. Um, and it's really cool that Claudio Simonetti did the music for this, mm-hmm. and he's you know notorious for doing you know a lot of movies, scores, and sounds and shit. <clears throat> I don't know, I just something about this movie fucking grabbed me, and I was like, dude. I, I'm glad that we're going to be talking about it. This movie is... It's looked at by a lot of people as being, like, one of the last, like, great Argento films. Like, after this is when he kind of nosedived off. And he's got, like, his, like, okay movies after this, like, spattered throughout. But he's got a lot of misses after this as well. This is when he started having, like, fucking Phantom of the Opera. Fucking... Dracula. Yeah. Well, that was like a couple Way years later. Yeah. Like, but like Family Opera, this, uh, or Dracula and uh, Card Player wasn't really that great, but that was like 2004, I think. But he's got like a couple like eh, movies that came out after this, and this is kind of where like he never got back to Argento level after this movie. Gotcha. Like, this was his back to going to like, yep, because he did Phenomenon right before this. Yes. And then he did this, and it was like, yeah, this is me going back, doing Jello. And it was like, everybody loved it. Did fucking great. He did, like, a really great in Italy. And just after this, it was just kind of like, hmm. And it's just, it's looked at as one of his, like, last great movies. Yeah. It's, uh, it's shot like a Argento film, like, for sure. And it's, it does have that classic Argento feel to it. Uh... But, like, I'd have to say that with this movie and uh, Zombie 3, which wasn't, you know, 100% Fulci, that that was, like, his last 
bastion of yeah that was like what it was initially he he initially shot like 60 to 70 percent of it but by the time they finished it with the new director and recut it they only used about 40 percent of the shit that he shot before he got sick yeah but it was like you can tell the quality of the film um if you watch zombie 3 what what was Fulci and what wasn't that was like his last good movie yeah, right. and they came out saying. you know what I mean yeah. they, they came out a year apart uh, opera was 87 zombie 3 was 88 so that was like the end of an era I think but I haven't seen too much after this this is probably the last or the newest Argento film that I've ever seen yeah uh, it's a fucking good one though man and um, let's get into it man yeah, I mean... Also known as Terror at the Opera. Yeah, Terror at the Opera, which, um... That was basically the American release of it. Okay. And I think, was it Southgate Entertainment? Or Southgate Video, whatever, did their release of it? Agreed to do a release of it? It was with the Orion initially. And I mm. think that was when Orion went out of business or something. They, I think it was when they went fucking bankrupt. But, so Southgate ended up picking it up. They released an R-rated version that was for video stores. That was when you rented. Mm. And an unrated, uncut version. And it was the first official like uncut version that was if you were to buy it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, what, what um, the R-rated version, what was that? Um, s- I think some of the gore was cut out, and it was mainly the eyes... The needles? No, it was mainly the uh, scene at the very end where they're in Switzerland. Like when they're in the Alps. Okay. Because... I, th- the- I thought I read something about um, they cut out the uh, nudity. Yeah. There's the like, R-rated there's one. There's and, that one fucking scene. Yeah, and then and then the needles with the eyes. I mean, that was probably sorry, but yeah. There, there was one where Germany, it was... Uh, they were supposed to release it in theaters in Germany. They, like, promoted it. It was, like, in papers. Like, it's coming out in theaters. But then they were like, oh, no, we're going to cut out basically fucking all the gore and the needles in the eye part scenes and all that shit. And so it's like, they basically said, well, fuck you. And they just released it on video there. Hmm. Even though it was, like, released in papers that it was going to be in the theaters, like, next week. And they basically said, no, we're not doing that. We're just going to put it on video now because they didn't want to do all those cuts. Straight to VHS. Yeah, they were just like, no, we're not doing all those fucking cuts. No shit. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't imagine. I've never seen this movie R-rated. So I couldn't imagine seeing anything cut out of it. I mean, it's it's a masterpiece with it in full tact, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I just... Uh, the fucking cut versions of these movies are fucking whack, man. I mean, I will say, like... Uh, when he... Was getting the like signing the deal to release it here on VHS. They wanted him to cut that end scene or that end section where they're in Switzerland. And I'd rather be uncut, but I get it. Like I would have been okay with this movie ending with him with him on fire, fire. and they could have just fucking did something with that, and it would have been cool. I get the other ending. I get going later on, but it gets kind of fucking fuck weird. Which was kind of him based on the Red Dragon, the movie about uh, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. The book, this ending is 
pretty much on that the ending of the book. It kind of has the same feel, the same oh, type of thing. Oh, send off. Yeah. And he said, he, I guess Argento said he didn't like Manhunt, which came out in like 86, mm-hmm. because they changed the ending based on the book. But when Red Dragon came out in 05, oh, Red Dragon used the same ending from the book, which was kind of like this, where it's the same shit kind of takes place, the same feel, the same like, oh, now we're all good. Oh, gotcha. Type of thing. Yeah. Um, I I kind of dug the uh, extended ending or whatever after you yeah. know after the fire and everything. I thought that was kind of cool. And I mean, I got I I got it. It was it was their version of a twist. It was his version of a twist at the end to an extent. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he threw a dummy in there. But I mean, honestly, what do you think is gonna happen when you you think you see this dude burn up, and it's like, okay, well that's the end. The dude burn up, and all of a sudden it goes into a whole new scene, and they're in a whole new place. Obviously, there's gonna be something coming up. Yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's like a twist that was seen coming a mile away. Yeah. So as soon as you switch to that new scene, you're like, oh, okay, well they're in somewhere else. They're not just ending the movie. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. True. I, I would have been cool with the movie ending after the fire. That would have been cool too. But like, I mean, either I mean, I I get it. I get what he did, and whatever. Which one of the uh, alternate endings actually was after at the end of the movie, he kills. Uh, was I think his name's Marco? Marco, yeah. The director mm-hmm. stabs him. Uh, Betty. Realizes she's like in love with him, the killer, and they like run off together and like start a new life. No shit. Type of thing. Yeah, that was like one of the, like <clears throat> the alternate endings that they're going to go with. Well, well, I guess that wouldn't have been too bad. Did you know that Marco, the character, is based on Argento himself? Yeah, yeah. He basically made that character after himself, which was pretty cool. He was like a horror producer. He was like a horror... Turned... Yeah, he made horror movies and he decided to come and like direct an opera. Yeah, yeah. It, and then got into like theater and, and shit. And there's like the fucking scene where they're, uh, his uh, girlfriend's reading reviews and they're basically telling him like, yeah, go back to fucking horror movies. <laughs> yeah. But uh, essentially, this movie is about um, the story Macbeth. You know, like the opera is based around Macbeth. Yeah, it's him doing. They're doing the play Macbeth. Yes, the opera Macbeth, and he's doing like whole updated version, yada mm-hmm. yada yada. And then there's the whole thing with Macbeth is, um, I keep blanking on the word. I'm not gonna say like a jinx, cursed. Oh, there's a curse. Of it's like Macbeth. curse. Like doing Macbeth is cursed. Something always ha- goes wrong when people do Macbeth. Like there's always something that happens. Gotcha. And that's kind of where all the shit that starts happening is kind of like credited towards that. Like, oh, it's the fucking, it's just the curse of Macbeth. Yeah. Like blah, whatever. Yeah. So all these weird mishaps of like lights falling down and, you know. Yeah. Birds, quote unquote, dying and all this is like. The Curse of Macbeth. Yeah, it's like a running theme, you know. But, uh, yeah, in the killer in this movie is, like, a huge fan of the chick and of the play. 
Yeah, he kind of like the, the the original main chick who's supposed to be the main singer of the play or opera gets ran over by a car, and he like gets this fascination with her with the new chick who's like the understudy who has to like step in. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, he just his fascination and wants her to himself, and then wants to fucking have her watch him kill everybody around her. Yeah, everyone that's involved in the play, right? Yeah, it's pretty much everybody involved in the play, everybody involved with her, because he kills her boyfriend. Yes. First. Well, no, no, not first, but... First one she's involved with. Yeah, that she's involved with, right. And uh, she has to watch. Yeah. Well, she seemed pretty... uh, Once it happened, she seemed pretty nonchalant about the whole thing. I was going to say, but, you know, there was a pre... um, like a conversation that took place between her and her boyfriend before that where she was getting more popular with the opera and things were changing between them so I think she was like losing feelings towards the guy yeah that could be true and you know what I mean that's what I gathered from it cause there was like no emotion like uh, like like oh yeah uh, he yeah. got stabbed in the fucking throat dude she like, like once through she, the neck she got herself like undone Cause like he cut her ropes and she got himself on it. She didn't even like stop to look at his body. She just like walked over his body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. It's like every every murder that she has to watch, she just seems like she doesn't really give a fuck. She's like, much. oh yeah, this happened. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go home now. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody about it. But I don't know. Um, there's some definitely like really good kill scenes in this too uh namely the boyfriend yeah that gets fucking aggressive it does fucking it's all like the normal like opera type soundtrack playing then homeboy pops out with the dagger and stabs him in the fucking throat slash jaw and then all of a sudden like steel grave kicks in like gets all heavy metal and just getting stabbed in the fucking throat oh it's so fucking good dude it's so good, and and on uh, while we're on the fucking, you know, subject of like kills in this movie, my favorite is the door hanger. Yeah, that he slams this dude's head into a fucking where you hang your coat on a steel fucking hook, dude, like five times. You know, it's 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 great, dude. What about uh, Argento's like ex girlfriend? Oh, kill. from uh, Tenebra. She was in Tenebra, too. Yeah. yeah. Through the fucking eye hole. Yeah. He's With like, the... I'm, a, I'm a cop. Here's my gun. Here's my badge. She's like, let me see your face again. He just puts the gun up to the fucking, like, eye hole. Shoots just, her in the bam! fucking eye. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great, man. But, uh, that, she was, yeah, she was from Tenebra and in real life was with Argentina. Yeah, real life, they broke up, like... Was During a year, no, I think it was like a year or so before. I think I read, and she had doubts about doing this. And honestly, the only one, the the what what got her to do it was that kill scene. Really? Because <laughs> her death scene was going to be like awesome. Yeah. And they're going to do new shit because they even show like a shot of a bullet going out of the gun through the door and blows out her fucking head. And she was like, "All right, I'll do it." That's cool. Yeah. Working with your ex old lady. Right. <laughs> fucking hell. But yeah, dude, I mean, 
between the cast, like, it's like pick a Argento movie and shuffle the deck a little bit, and some of the, most of these people have been in at least one. Fulci was the same way. Yeah, I mean he had his set. Catherine McCall, you know, was in like three of his main movies. You know, shit, fucking um, director of Stage Fright. What is it, Michael Savi? Mm-hmm. I always say his name wrong. Um, a, he has a uncredited role in this movie. Mm. But B, even members of, even cast members from Stage Fright are in this. And they and they, they came out the same year. Yeah, Stage it came out the same Fright. year, and he was uh, under study of Argento, and so it, it makes sense. They, you know, this and Stage Fright kind of have the same vibe to them. Similar premise to, I mean, I'm not going to say similar premise. I mean, really, the only premise is Stage Fright with a play, musical, and this is an opera. Yeah. This is more larger scope, where Stage Fright's just on the soundstage. Mm-hmm. Nothing really leaves there. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I got that kind of, like, vibe <clears throat> a little bit, you know, like, from between the two. Yeah. Just, like, theater and yeah, kind of a thing, but... Um, the the dude that did Stage Fright was the understudy of Argento. People might not know that. Yeah. So I, I just said that like 30 seconds ago. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I Gorilla Glue. Uh, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite kill scene? Um, because mine's definitely the Fuck, door. Yeah, no, yours is the door. You're the fucking door handle. That's just vicious. I couldn't imagine. He matrixed his ass. I wish it was more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he matrixed his ass. I wish it was more like they showed more of it. But the sounds and the length of it, um, when he kills her friend, who uh, the seamstress. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, digging in her mouth for the fucking... The gold chain. The gold chain, and then fucking, like, takes the the shears and, like, cuts into her. Fucking digs it out. Yeah. Like, it would have been cool if they showed more, but I just... That scene just... is great. That's a good one. That's a, that's a damn good one. I mean, outside of, like, the... Peephole fucking bullet. Yeah, that one's pretty good, too. But uh, yeah, couple there's a couple good, really good kill scenes in this, and the gore is fucking great, dude. In the uncut version, and you know, there's really not a lot, but I mean, what's there is there. Yeah, the knife through the fucking jaw in the throat of the boyfriend was pretty cool, and then you yeah. see the fucking knife back in his tonsils and shit. Like, yeah, that's pretty pretty brutal. It was fucking great. Yeah, and the soundtrack is fucking great too. Uh, the metal. I don't know what bands were in this movie. Steel Gates and Morton something. I can't remember the other one. Or Steel Grave, I mean, and Morton something. I can't remember the second band. Awesome. But I was like, yeah, mix between those two bands and just like opera type opera music. music. Yeah. Um. Dude, this movie has POV shots galore. It's basically like one long fucking POV shot. <laughs> the is. first 30 minutes is. I never really thought about that, yeah. You're right. So many. Yeah. 
Yeah, from the uh, point of view. Yeah, like uh, starts off the first like ten minutes is like the point of view of the original opera singer who gets hit by the car. Yeah, <clears throat> and then it just kind of goes through from there. It's like <clears throat> the this, the typical killer point of view. And yeah, I think there's point of view of like Betty at some point. There's a shit ton of POV shots, shit ton of steady cam like long pull out shots, like the one you pointed out where it's like. She's fixing the dress, and it pulls through the whole work area. You see, like, yarn, and then you see fucking, like, um, jewels, and then you see, like, you know, yeah. the iron and the ironing board, and it just, like, pulls back. It's so fucking cool, dude. And then and then right after that, it's, like, close-up of those things. Like, yeah. Like the jewels on the... On the uh, Sweater, dress, the sweater the dress. thing that she yeah. wears in the opera, it's just so fucking cool, man. You know what I mean? And then it shows her like you know cutting the fabric and shit like up close, and I I don't know, it's just little things like that. I really like. I feel like this was um, like eighty seven, and Argento wasn't really afraid to try new things or try things that were like new technologies. So like Steadicam, I think at that time was fairly new. So, like, he, he used that quite a bit in this fucking movie. And then even the scenes where they keep showing, like, the brain and they show, like, the, the blood pumping through for that one scene. And then as it's zooming in, you hear, like, the heartbeat sound. And then the screen, the screen shakes. The screen shakes. Yeah. Which was, like, that's kind of new. I think <clears> it was kind of like our gentles, like, yeah, I'm coming back doing a J.L. film again. And I'm going to, like, show that... I can do what's modern. I can work with the modern technology and fucking still throw in some fucking things. Right on. Yeah, that's Which a good point. And this movie, I noticed <clears throat> really muted colors. It's, like, unsaturated. It's mainly, it's, like, dark and, like, one, like, iridescent bulb. Like, all the lighting is, like, very just, like, white lighting and dark, unsaturated colors, very, like, muted colors. As opposed to, like, going back to, like, Suspiria, say. Oh, yeah. Where it's just, like, fucking heavily dreamlike bright colors. Bright colors. The bright only time you really, Yeah, the only time you really get that in this is when she's in her bedroom, and she's got that light that's red, and it, like, switches to green and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's, like, very, like, all the colors taken out, it's, like, saturated. Yeah. It's, like, a, um, I don't know, like, a dull... Yeah, like you know what I mean. It's not. It's not as like brilliantly colored as like. You Which know. it works. It plays. It plays well. It. I I read something where somebody said that uh, a lot of his movies, even though they have a lot of the violence and the gore for the kills, they have some aspect of the movie that's kind of a feel good aspect. Like, but what there's like one aspect which may not be huge, but it's like this one aspect that kind of like softens the mood. And this movie does not have that, and it really doesn't. There's not that aspect that's like, oh, okay, this is like the really like easygoing person or whatever. This is like the scene where it's like, haha, whatever, like really light hearted. This movie doesn't have that at all. No, it's it's pretty much uh, balls to the wall, like the whole way through, like it, you know what I mean? It, yeah, there's no uh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel with this. Yeah, it's like once you start and it gets going, it's just 
that's what it is. There's no like lighthearted chit chat between people. It's like straight business. Yeah, straight business because whatever because they're doing the opera and then just straight fucking now she's being like hunted for the most part. Yeah, she's being like terrorized. Yeah, there's no light spots. Yeah, no, it's all yeah. Yeah, it's it's it works though. It's it's good, and this is like I said. I'll go back and say it again. Low key, probably one of my favorite Argento films. It's really good. It's good, and I it took for me to revisit this, you know, and actually like sit down and watch it to like really kind of grasp what what the fuck was going on because you know I I own so many of his movies. That this one I just never watch. Yeah, and I'm glad that I dug it out and fucking watched it because I'm like, fuck, this is a, this is awesome, you know. I got a handful of his older stuff or newer stuff, however you want to look at it, that uh, I haven't really put on. And it's because I know it's not great. Like the card player isn't that great of a movie. Never seen it. It's, it came out in '04, and then there's a uh, what is this? Salem Hitchcock or. I think so you love Hitchcock I can't remember exactly the name of it but it was a make, made for TV movie hmm. and it's not bad but it's not it's nowhere near like Argento yeah type of thing right but yeah just like those are movies where every once in a while I'm like oh, I should put this in and I just kind of talk myself out of it and I just put something else in hmm. yeah well I, I uh, I'm glad that we talked about this movie I'm glad that we covered this movie because you know in, in for anyone that hasn't seen this movie I highly recommend it Oh, absolutely. If you're into Jallos, if you're into slashers, if you're into really good filmmaking, if you're into good shots and, you know, like good a good storyline, like this is this is what you want, man. This is a fucking great movie. So the I think the most iconic thing from this movie that people always probably see, even if people haven't seen this movie, is that shot of her bound up with like the needle under her eyes. Yes. You know where that needle thing came from? That was like an like a joke with Argento because he said he he hated hearing about people like turning away from his movies when like the the gore, the killings happened. Oh, no shit. And he'd make a joke about like, "Oh, fucking needles so they couldn't turn away or whatever, something so they couldn't Can't close, close their, their eyes. eyes." And like, yeah, they ended up just eventually just got rolled into this. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Cuz I you know, and you know, maybe I'm wrong, but to me that heavily influenced movies like Saw, kind of that concept, you know, like a later on. You I mean, know it might mean? have. It might have. Well, just what he says and like his, like what he says and shit, you know what I mean? Like you can close your eyes and tear your eyes apart or you can keep them open and watch everything that's about to happen it's like yeah. your choice I just thought that that was like a precursor to you know like Saw or something like that I don't know I mean it could have been they could have seen this movie and had that in their head when they fucking wrote that shit yeah but you know overall dude I, I highly recommend this movie yeah absolutely it's, I think it should be checked out yeah if you're into Argento especially, this is one of his better movies, I think. Yeah, besides, like, the one review I read, the dude gave it, like, one and a half stars and said that uh, it's it, it worse than getting AIDS. Okay, that dude sucks. 
Oh, who the fuck would... What? <laughs> he said aspect... I can't remember. He said a specific aspect of this movie was worse than actually getting AIDS. That's just ignorant, dude. <laughs> he gave it like one and a half stars. <laughs> like, I love reading reviews from like random people. It was like somebody on Letterboxd, I think. Which Letterboxd is a lot of times filled with just like pretentious pieces of shit anyway. Well, I thought that one was funny. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, watch like Mannequin 2 on the move or something and say that. <laughs> Not fucking opera. This movie rules. This movie is like prime fucking cinema. I think he gave Splash like four and a half stars. What the fuck is Splash? The mermaid movie in the 80s. Oh. I'm joking though. I didn't. I didn't read anything else he reviewed. I don't know. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> Just all around. Just fuck that guy. But <laughs> he said Airbud um, Golden Receiver Retriever Retriever was a modern classic for family fun. Okay, so <laughs> aside from all that <laughs> fucking. Bullshit. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's what we have for you this week. I mean, yeah, that's basically it. That's... Unless you have anything else you want to add. I think the only thing I didn't bring up that I was like, I'll bring it up. I guess the chick who played Betty Argento said that was like the most difficult actress he's ever worked with. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's... And he's worked with a lot of actors and actresses. That's kind of saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody deals with that. Every director deals with fucking somebody who's hard to work with for one reason or another. That's why most directors stick with the same actors and actresses. Yeah, you find the fucking people you dig. Especially, like, in horror. In horror, where you're able to kind of, like, vouch for people or, like, say, yes, I want these people in this. This is who I think this is going to be great for when you're like big studio type director, you're kind of stuck with whoever you get. But yeah, true. Yeah, I think horror directors they have a tendency of sticking who their main people because they know them. They know how they they know how to direct them. They know that they work well with their directing style. And they, they know can, that they can get out of them what they want. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Like, Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Lynch, infamous for that. I'm pretty sure it kind of cuts both ways with Lynch. Yeah. I think it really cuts both ways. There's, like, the people he's like, I can't work with anybody. These people, I, I can work with them. And then from the actor's point of view, it's like, fuck Lynch. Yeah. And then you get the group who are like, I can deal with them. It's cool. Yeah. Or they're just stoked to have an opportunity to be in a movie. You know, like the new upcoming yeah. actors. and I'm sure some people would, like try to get into a Lynch role just because hey I can say I was in a Lynch film I can say I worked with Lynch because he's got a, a name about himself obviously mm-hmm. but yeah I think with Lynch it cuts fucking both ways yeah I agree I can't see him being easy to work with no not at all he's a weird dude man very strange I love the fucking um, I think there was an interview with him where he's like yeah Eraserhead's like my most spiritual movie 
And they were like, well, can you elaborate on that? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what's he going to say? I haven't, look, I haven't looked it up yet because I want to see if I can actually find it. Who knows? It might have been a fucking fake thing. But I'm fairly certain that's legit. Because to me it sounds like him. He's the type of person who would fucking make a comment and be like, well, can you elaborate on them? He's like, no. That's no. That's, yeah. I'm going to go play a screeching record. Yeah. <laughs> for fucking an hour and a half. I'm going to slow it down a little bit. And yes. that's going to be the soundtrack to this movie. Yeah. Chain smoke Marlboro Red 100s and shout into the darkness. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and stare at this painting until the sun rises to a certain point, and then I'm going to start my day. Yep. Yep. Coffee. Same clothes <laughs> I wore yesterday. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Fuck. Yep. We haven't touched... I started thinking about this the other day. I'm like, we've... 50 episodes, and like 50... More than 50 movies, because we've had, like... Multiples. Full fucking, like, episodes about certain movies. I'm like, what can we really do? I'm like, actually, there's a shit ton of movies we've really... We, there's a shit ton we can touch on. We can go more in SOV and stuff. I'm like, we haven't even touched on Lynch. I'm like, it's not exactly horrible. We can touch on some fucking Lynch oh, shit. Oh, we could. I'm like, we got some fucking areas we can go in. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, we can do uh, we can do a Lynch film. I think that'd be cool. I think it'll happen eventually. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a racer head, but if it is, stoked. You know, we could do uh, fucking Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive. We could do Lost Highway and just talk about the saxophone scenes. Yeah. Well, we're going to break those down frame by frame. Yeah. Those are uh, <laughs> essential. <laughs> We're going to talk about the saxophone scenes, and we're going to talk about the Marilyn Manson, Twiggy Ramirez scenes, and that is it. That's yeah. all we're talking about. Yeah, it's going to be a 20-minute episode, and then... Uh, no, we're stretching it. We're hour long. We're, we're going to detail. And then we're going to go on a two-year hiatus after that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. Oh, man. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, if you want to... Want to get a saxophone. Yeah, the fucking sax scenes. Is that a saxophone? It is a saxophone, right? I'm pretty sure. Is he playing a clarinet? He's not playing a clarinet, is he? I don't know, man. It's been so long since (laughs) I've seen that. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a... You know, it's a saxophone. Yeah, dude. It's fucking... Because he... They show... He's leaving the house, and then all of a sudden you see, like, vicious sax scene. Like... And then he comes back to the house. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. That's all you see. Yeah. And then the dude's like, hang up with me. Yeah, and it's like that devil looking dude. He's like the the drac like he's he's a horror host. <laughs> Fucking like widow's peak and like painted white face. Yeah. God Ooh. damn it, we should do Lost Highway. <laughs> Lost Highway's a fucking doozy. <laughs> it's a fucking doozy, man. He's on the phone with himself. Yeah. <laughs> Hang up with me. <laughs> it's so fucked up, man. Oh, man. yeah, we can do that though. We can do that. That's happening eventually. Yep. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get fucking real drunk for that episode because I'm gonna go like, <laughs> fucking lose it. It's gonna be great, dude. <laughs> That's like the beginning of Mulholland Drive when they're fucking swing dancing. 
and the big band is playing. It's like. There's just people swing dancing. You're like, what the fuck is going on, dude? <laughs> Fucking David Lynch, man. But uh, if you want to drop us a line. Oh, yeah, that thing. We have that stuff. We have that stuff to do this. We have stuff. Yeah, um, us on our website, burnofferingspodcast.com. You can email us at contact at burnofferingspodcast.com. The IG is burnofferings underscore podcast. And then the Facebook is burnofferings horror podcast. And then Twitter is underscore burnofferings. Hit us up somewhere. Hit us up. One of those. Go to the website. Buy a shirt. Yeah. Buy a koozie. We're running. Actually, I just realized we're running kind of low on koozies. We had to free up on koozies. We're going to have a new design, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to do it. And then uh, I think I got to re up our numbers on our t shirts, but we're on really low on those guys, too. Get your t shirt design out there. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah. That's it, guys. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace. Woo!